in chapter 11. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. In the book of Genesis, it's written that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him. as righteousness. Here we see that Abel was considered righteous by God through the more excellent sacrifice that he offered. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him is righteousness. And Abel offering a more excellent sacrifice than Cain was proven to be righteous by God who testified of his gifts that they were acceptable to him. The man upon whom the Lord performed a miracle said to the Lord's enemies, the religious people, the leaders, we know that God doesn't hear sinners. King David wrote, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So took right standing with God to be heard by him to receive things from him. She's not speaking of the common grace of God. Well, will come to him sincerely for forgiveness, but it's speaking about a standing with God that qualifies one to live with him and to receive from him out of a relationship with him. If Abraham believed the Lord, what God told him, he believed, he simply believed. God told him, your children, your descendants are going to be like the multitude of stars in the sand on the seashore. When he didn't have his own child through his wife, Sarah, he believed what God told them, which was an impossible thing in the natural realm. Because he trusted God's word, he was considered righteous. Here we see that Abel was 
called righteous by God through the type of gift he brought, which was a more excellent sacrifice than what his brother brought. We heard recently in the evening meeting that people think that everybody is the same who profess to believe God, that God doesn't make a distinction or comparison. We see it again right here. This was the example, actually, one of the examples used, where God evaluated two of the descendants of the first man, Adam. They were both given equal opportunity, God being so generous and kind, having not charged Abel and Cain with the sins of their parents and putting them at a distance. making them not being able to approach God. God didn't do that. God invited both of them to approach him. One approached the Lord in an irreverent way. One approached God without worshipping him as God. He brought a sacrifice, a gift that was substandard. with regards to the greatness of God. God didn't ask them to bring something they couldn't bring. But the best of what they could bring. Because it's the living God. God says to the people, the prophet Malachi, would you bring a defective gift to your earthly rulers? Dishonor them? If a person would receive gifts from a loved one that is broken, defective, cheap, and consistently so, receiving things that are substandard, Things that are not worth anyone's time. How would that person feel? How would we feel? If all the time your loved one or a friend or acquaintance would give you things wrapped up nicely perhaps, but upon opening it we find that every time is defective or cheap or worn out and unusable, Surely that shows a scorn for you as a person from the person who brings a gift. How it would hurt us to think that this person continually undervalues my worth, even in a basic sense, to give me things that are consistently Unworthy. It comes to the living God because he's invisible. It takes genuine faith to please him. And because God is so patient and kind, 
it's possible to take his grace for granted. But the Lord is God. He will be glorified among the heathen and certainly among his own people. We ought to look at the example God has given and say, Lord, I've sung songs and done things that are not of much worth before you because the motivation was made me feel good or it tickled my ears. Dissatisfaction should be first and foremost derived from satisfying God's heart. David said, I will not give unto the Lord something that doesn't cost me. The song we sing sometimes, I'm coming back to the heart of worship to bring you something of worth. I'm sorry, Lord, for the thing I made it. Abel was brought into the spotlight by the Holy Spirit. In Genesis, we have a very brief chronicle of what transpired when Abel and Cain approached the Lord and the subsequent jealousy and the murder that occurred against two Abel from his brother whose heart was dark. He was just filled with demons, bloodthirsty, because Abel was righteous. Abel didn't do anything to him. He didn't do anything wrong. But this brother didn't wish to get right with God, but he was a pretentious fellow who came and offered something not worthy of God at all, and so he was rejected. And even when the Lord came and explained to him why he was rejected and why his brother was accepted and how he too can be accepted, God so wonderfully came. But it was too cheap for Cain still. This generous grace that God showed him how to get right. And his main concern was, what will the people think just like Saul? I want to look good in the sight of people and I want them to hurt me. And instead of saying, Lord, I've hurt you, I need to get right with you. It's more concerned about his self-image and his own preservation. He that seeks to gain his life, that is in this world, one's own reputation, how they look, smell, and sound, everything to do with self, is full of demons. We need to recognize that and say, Lord, I will not be a slave to demons who make me preoccupied with me to exalt me and not God. I don't want to be a person who externally worships God and brings things to God 
and say that I've done my part. But I want God to testify that what I brought to him was the best I have to offer, truly. And it did take a sacrifice, and my heart's motives were pure. May the Lord help us to be like Abel, to believe, to have faith that the invisible God, most of us have not seen the Lord even in a vision, but we believe the Lord said, blessed are they that have not seen <coughs> and yet believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are all those that have not seen and yet believe. By faith we get saved. By grace through faith, and that not of ourselves is the gift of God. We read that yesterday in Ephesians. But through faith also, we bring our best to God. Having the genuine fear of God, this is Almighty God to whom I'm bringing what I'm bringing. God who searches the hearts, tries the reins of the heart. He gives us an opportunity. If we are listening to the word this morning, and we know that we haven't brought the best to the Lord. That there was a dichotomy. There is a unjustifiable, dualistic existence before God. Where on the one hand, I want to worship God and serve Him. And I want to give my best, but I end up thinking about me a, a whole lot, about what other people think about me. And I think about what it costs me to give God the best, and I begin to shrink back, and I try to pass off something substandard. Nobody knows. Most people can't know what's in my heart. And so I'll try to put one over on God. After all, I went to church, I sang the songs, Paid my tithes and prayed. I read the word. Yet in all these things, it's possible to be a Pharisee. To be, to be in that bloodline of Cain. God says, don't be like that. Sin is ever seeking. It's creeping at the door, waiting to get you. God doesn't say that to scare someone with something that's not true, but to cause everyone to be alert. The same God who told Cain, Behold, sin is at the door seeking to master you. The same God who said in the book of Peter, Your adversary, the devil, is walking about as a roaring lion, seeking somebody to devour today. Whom resist being strong in what? In faith. To believe God. To trust God. To know that God is on my side. 
and to continue to worship the Lord. And even as we heard yesterday from the very same chapter of Hebrews, to have a communion with God, a constant talk with the Lord, worship and everything we do, how that would protect us from the enemy's snares if we continue to thank God. In the book of Ephesians chapter 5, it's written, avoid foolish talking, filthiness and jesting. Again, we heard this in a recent message in the evening. Pastor alluded to people who talk and talk and talk. And they have excessive joking and become the lifestyle. It becomes something like an artificial high. They have to do certain things because they feel, if I don't do this, I'm not really living. Like some people feel, if I don't drink beer, I'm not really living. If I don't do some mischief or have some amusement, how many people were hooked on the television set and soap operas and all such filthy and foolish things. And music also of this world, totally high in a fantasy world, being fattened by the devil to be slaughtered spiritually every single time because we were fed the type of food that he wanted to give to slaughter us spiritually. Until the Lord opened our eyes and showed us that it was all poison, it's all fake. That we are not to be creatures who live for pleasure or for feelings, but who by faith seek the real inheritance that is everlasting and a lifestyle and a heart that truly connects with the Lord. The only heart that can connect with God is the heart that has genuine faith. And that faith is evidenced by a walk with God and a talk with God and the nature of the sacrifice we bring to God, nature of our worship. Even in this book of Hebrews, chapter 11, you see the very things that can safeguard us from the snares of Satan and promote us to doing great exploits for God in his kingdom. We see that by faith, we walk with God, we talk with God, we understand that the universe was created by God. We believe that the things that were made, that are visible, were made not by things that are visible to the human eye. It's a belief in the living God who created all things for his glory. Perfectly. And so we have that understanding that the God we serve is a perfect God and that he accepts perfect sacrifices and that perfection is considered perfection or perfect sacrifice depending upon the motivation and the quality of what we bring. Again, God doesn't ask us to bring something we cannot bring, but he always asks us to do what we can do. We mentioned the widow's mites. She didn't bring luxurious sacrifices according to human estimation. God didn't count the amount from one person to the other. 
as much as he counted the sacrifice it took. And we think that way when we receive gifts. It's one thing to receive a, a gift from someone who's a millionaire of a certain value. It's another thing to receive something perhaps of very little value monetarily. You think about the worth of it. But took great sacrifice for that individual to give that gift. Certainly we would esteem that more. We should. If we are just. And that's how the Lord is. He says, whatever you bring, bring the best. Because that shows that you believe that I am worthy of the best. I'm Almighty God, perfect God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So, this verse says that God testified of his gifts. God himself saw that. And the contrast here is not uh, contradictory again, but it's complementary. If Abraham believed God, he simply believed the promise of God. He believed what God said, and God considered Abraham righteous. Because Abraham believed what God said, God considered him righteous. Abel showed that he believed God by what he brought, the quality of what he brought, and God considered him what? Righteous. God testifying of his gifts. That's the connection here. So let no one think and the enemy would have people believe today, many people, in a very faulty way, his doctrine, the devil's doctrine. And it doesn't matter really what I bring because Jesus paid it all. And I can bring anything to God because it's not about what I bring, it's about what he did. Those are all convolutions and twists of the scriptures. Even here in the New Testament we see God examines the nature of the gifts and the giver. Because the nature of the gift very often reflect the giver. The motivations are examined by God. We can be like Abel. We can be people of genuine faith. We can please God. We can please God. We can please God and believe God to the point where all we offer to God is the best that we can offer. God says that's enough. Not what we cannot bring, but what we can. Blessed be the name of the Lord. By faith, verse 5, and, and also verse 4, we see, and through it, he being dead, still speaks. Abel still speaks. Though he died, he's alive. His faith that has been testified of by God, his faith that has been testified by God, causes him still to speak. So it shows, in as much as... Uh, the woman came with the alabaster box, the expensive perfume, and she broke open that box to honor the Lord with the best that she had to offer. And those who were thieves and who didn't bring God the best were indignant at that because to them, they didn't understand the value. They didn't want to give the best to the Lord. And so they got upset. So that spirit still continues. When someone is giving the best to the Lord and walking with God, 
those who do not want that way become jealous. They become hostile. God says everybody can come. Whosoever will, let him come and take the water of life. Drink freely. It's God's good pleasure to give his kingdom to his children. Every human being has the opportunity to become a genuine child of God and to continue in God's favor by faith. And long after we're gone, like the story with the woman with the alabaster box, for eternity, the genuine faith we have exhibited in the moment of time in which we live will transcend time. God will testify, these are my children. And he will glorify us as we have glorified him during our earthly pilgrimage. Let's determine today to hand over everything to the Lord and say, Lord, you're worthy. You alone are worthy, Lord, of my best. And help me, Lord, whether I sing a song, whether I pray, to put my whole heart into it, to have my whole heart focused on you, to give you the glory and worship that belongs to you rightfully, Lord. Have me never undermine, minimize, cheapen your great honorable worthiness. To say, Lord, I belong to you. I work not for myself, but for you. I go to school for you. What I make with my hands, what I do with my body, it's all for you. I want to love you. I want to be connected to you, Lord. I want to honor you with my best. God will testify that we are righteous because faith, faith, genuine faith is works. The works show, even the case of Abraham, that because he believed God, he was able to follow through and obey God even when it cost him everything. He went and laid Isaac on the altar. There's a growth in his life and his life of faith. And so that faith won't remain static. And as much as God doesn't remain static in the relationship in the sense that he continues to unfold his treasures, revelation to all who come to him by faith, believing that when I come near to God, he will draw near to me and he will show me more of himself, his glory, and he will give me more confidence and steadfastness, the things that I need. He will tie up the loose ends and the things that I'm deficient in. If I'm lacking anything, he will fill me up. He fills me to overflowing. He will help me to pursue him the way I should. He will help me to love and honor him. Because he teaches me by the example of even Abel. Who lived on this planet physically, just as any of us. Well, he lived some 6,000 years ago. Still, his faith speaks. He speaks because he honored the living God. God saw his heart. And he is accepted with God. 
through the blood of Jesus, which is more righteous than the blood of Abel. We have been drawn near to God and accepted with the with God in the beloved, in the beloved Son. And we understand how much God has loved us and to what extent He has sacrificed His Son for us. We need to give Him our best continually in every area that our hearts motives may be pure. To glorify the living God continually. And to have delight, to take delight that I'm very privileged to know how to approach God. There are many people in the world who don't know God. And even when they understand there's a creator, they turn, as it's written in Romans 1, to the creature and they make God to be all kinds of creatures that are created. They're in the dark. Their foolish hearts darken. They do evil things. The religion is steeped with immorality and oppression and all kinds of things. We've been privileged to know the living God, the holy God, the loving God, the merciful God, the true God. The one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We've come to him, to his presence. We've got to be so thankful and delight ourselves in his goodness. And we can repent if we haven't given God our best. If we've been preoccupied with ourselves. If in our minds there's a weight and a burden of what people think about me and even how I like to think about me and look to myself, we're able to repent from all of that. Say, Lord, I'm only concerned with how you see because you search in most being. And I can bring you the best. And just like you testified of Abel, I want you to testify of me that I'm righteous because I trusted you. And my works show that I really trusted you and honor you for who you are. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for truth. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the clear way, Lord, how to please you well and to walk steadfastly in the faith, resisting Satan, overcoming the evil spirits through your blood, through your mighty name. God is victorious, hallelujah. All those who please you, Lord, will be among the saints who come back with you. You make war with the enemies. All clothed in white, multitudes of children who fear you and love you, whose faith has been proven and testified by God. Help us to be among that crowd. And the saints go marching in. And among the crowd that comes marching with you, Lord, as your hosts, as your soldiers. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Give us a deeper understanding of yourself every time we come to you, Lord, and hear your scriptures. Thank you, Jesus, that we can delight ourselves in you, Lord. We can know that all is well with my soul when I love God with all my heart and I show it by my actions by the way I worship God and the way I do things that I'm living not for myself because you died for me 
I no longer live for me, I live for you, for the one who gave all for me. Thank you, Jesus. Bless and strengthen your people in the most holy faith. Thank you, Lord. Help us to be like righteous Abel, who was a type of the Lord Jesus Christ. Help us to be like you, Lord. Oh, Lord, purge us, Lord, from all fears and all burden, Lord, that is placed upon us by Satan. Help us to cast it off, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you that your perfect love is a perfect love for eternity. And it has nothing to do with fear from the enemy. We have a holy fear of God that we must hold fast to the crown that you give us even now that we can receive the eternal crown. Thank you, Lord. Have us be one track, eyes fixed on the author and finish of our faith. To know that we can live a life free from worry and anxiety and fear. We can live a life that is full of your joy, O oh God. Lord, knowing that my God is for me, if God is for me, who can be against me? He's with me. Emmanuel, God, with us. He will walk me through the darkest valley. He will walk me through all the pain. He will walk me through because he will walk with me through every confusion and hurt. And he will expose every deception so that I can be free from the pitfalls of hell. I can walk steadily on the path of the cross to get the crown that is laid up for me. Crown of righteousness because God will testify of my gifts proving that I'm righteous. Lord, you gave you all to us. In order to follow you, you demand our all. Because you said, whoever does not forsake all that he has is not worthy to be my disciple. Thank you, Jesus, that we see Abel forsook all. We know that because he brought his best to you. And you saw his heart and you testified that he's a righteous man. Thank you for your precious blood. Thank you, Lord, for the righteous commandments of God to keep us in the way of righteousness. I pray, Lord, that your healing virtue will flow to everyone, Father, tormented. With affliction, my Lord, my God, touch by your precious blood, Lord, flow over your people, Lord, give the healing where it needs, Lord. Let the healing river flow into all the ravens, Lord, all of, Father, the valleys, every crevice, the landscape of our being, Lord, spirit, soul, and body, the blood will flow. Every place will be touched, just as you water the earth, Lord, with all the ridges, all the furrows, May the holy blood flow through the minds of your people, through every part of our being, Lord, to bring healing, to bring, Lord, strength and stability. Wash by the blood of the Lamb of God. Saints clothed in white by righteousness, worthy to be called the children of God. 
Thank you, Lord. Teaching us exactly how to walk worthy by faith. In Jesus' name we thank you. Amen.